0: happy memorial day we must remember the following remember those who have paved the way for us to do this podcast today and guys while you're sitting there getting absolutely blasted having your 12th or 13th beer and shoveling your 12th hot dog remember the only reason why you can do that is for those people who sacrificed their lives for this country so just take a moment to remember the, to remember that really what the real meaning of memorial day is and with that being said welcome to the star trek
1: academy podcast space the final frontier these are the voyages of the starship enterprise its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations ...to boldly go where no man has gone before.
0: Excuse me, I am the lover of Star Trek. Remember, guys, it's not a phase. And I'm joined by my man... Sinister minister, dead by God, (laughs) the man who the man who's a bed press fucking machine, John Enright. John, how you doing, my friend?
1: Oh, my friend, I'm doing well. Uh, You gotta love technology, right? I mean, technology is I know is amazing. Technology is
0: something else. I love it.
1: (laughs) No, but it's good. Uh, Things are good. Just uh, I. Normally would not be available for a podcast on a Monday on a holiday, but yes, um, my mom had a detached retina last week on Thursday after I dropped my son off to go. Yeah, I remember sleep. you saying that, man. Yeah, that it's, sucks. That it sucks. sucks. So she, thankfully, she was already in Dallas. They have a place to stay there, um, and so she went that day to a doctor, my um, sister's eye doctor, and then he said. Uh, you go to a specialist. So they went to the specialist that day and they scheduled for surgery the next day. And so she went in, she got her surgery. um, She had an eye patch and everything. So I went Friday to go pick up my kid um, since they weren't going to Lake House, and, you know, one less person to kind of keep track of while they're there. And it's also my sister's anniversary weekend because their anniversary is tomorrow. Happy anniversary
0: to your sister. Yeah. And my brother-in-law. Yeah, that's great.
1: Uh, So they they were doing stuff so their kids were like one kid went with my sister her two boys went with her with her in-laws so you know it was a whole thing so to scramble get everybody situated so my mom is at her dallas house chilling and relaxing um you know she had an eye patch friday and then she went saturday for follow-up and then she's got another one on wednesday to see if maybe she could travel back home by wednesday um so We'll see how everything goes. So far, everything went well. They said it'd be That's good. good. Um, they said with something like this, she will have some vision loss. The question is, how much? Oh, really. that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. So, you know, of course, they had to put an air bubble in her eye and then mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. So, how does yeah. how does something even like that happen? I mean, did she fall down? Did... No. I mean, she was really? she was she was just hanging out. Like, so the only thing the doctor could think of because there was no trauma involved um is that she had a, a, a slow tear and then it just finally oh way. Geez. because you know she was like the day before i know she was planting plants and um she's doing other things she you know she always lists she always does stuff but it wasn't like she has done anything recently that was super strenuous mm-hmm. um but you know so they said it, it could have been a tear that she got a year ago, and it just finally, Jeez. you know, got to the point where it detached to where it was noticeable, where she oh my had fuzzy vision and couldn't see. And so, you know, it's uh um, you know, it, it is what it is, and you just you got to go from there with it. So, you know, so we, me and my kid, we've spent the weekend just kind of hanging out. I grilled yesterday, um, nice, got nice. some bur- burgers and some
0: rocks. I, I did notice that. I did see yeah, that it, was good. Good it was good.
1: It was good, and then. um we did something yesterday. I forget what we did. And then, uh, oh, we went to go see Top Gun Maverick yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was good. And then just kind of hung out and, you know, cooked and did some stuff. And then today I took him into Fort Worth. There's a place in Fort Worth called Free Play. Oh, yeah. And they, it's like a bar food place, but then you can also, um, like, play video games. So, like, if oh, you showed wow. up. Yeah. So, like, normal car charges is 12 bucks. Uh, but that's with tax. So like they haven't figured out. That's not bad. No, but if you show up uh, like when they open it between one and two, it's only six bucks. So yeah, we showed up at like one fifteen, and Perfect. and so we got you know we got our game on for a good four and you know, three four hours, and then rolled back over here and uh, came to podcast. So I mean Beautiful. they got all kind of classic arcade games, pinball nice. machines, skee ball. Oh, wow. Um, all oh, I love skiball I oh, love dude, skee-ball. dude, that thing was. There was always somebody on it, like always. <laughs> and because it's free, like it doesn't cost you. All you do is push the button and keep playing. So I mean, um, you you can just camp on a game, and beat it like uh, four times if you I want.
0: I mean, you know. I mean, I mean that 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 kind of sucks that somebody can just camp out on it, but
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
0: but I mean,
1: it's. Still, it's still six dollars, and you're playing games for free at the arcade. You, all you I mean till so they close? They close at like midnight, so you can show up at one and play all day. Yeah, you know, the whole day. Shit. They they have food, they have drinks, they have all kinds of stuff. They have a really cool rooftop patio, so you mm-hmm. can get your food and drink, and you can go up on the rooftop and enjoy the rooftop patio. Um You know, it's it's a really cool venue. That's awesome. Um, really neat, and the what they call it the Magnolia area of, of Fort Worth, where it's uh, they got a really bunch of cool, really hit places to hang out and and different foods and things you can go get and stuff. So uh, it's really neat, you know, uh, and a lot of fun. So uh, we we you know we just kind of been and of course doing chores and everything in between when we aren't you know having fun or mm-hmm. doing our work. So yeah. um so it's it's been a good day just hanging out. We're gonna go we're gonna go out to dinner tonight. So. I mean, when we're done here, I'm letting him pick wherever he wants to go, and we're going you know, uh, see what's open around here. On Memorial Day Monday, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Be tough. Be yeah. yeah. So we might be Whataburger in it, so Whataburger, uh, man. Yeah, Whataburger. I, I I, I got to get
0: down there and try it. I hear it's really good,
1: dude. It is. It's great. Like the thing I like about it, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's it and, was, and was pretty good. But what I like about Whataburger is you, you make it your own. Like you yeah. have so many choices, so many things you can do, and then you know. So like, if there's something that's not up there, you can get whatever you want, and you can mm. you make it your own. So you know, that's that's the thing I really like about it is the customability of it, where you can just pick whatever you want. Yeah. And um, the fries are way better anyway too, than than mm. uh, In and Outs. In and Outs fries are shit. So. <laughs>
0: They're just so soggy it. and floppy. It's just oh, gross. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah. soggy, floppy fries. Mm-mm.
1: I mean, you got Dr Pepper shake down here, and you got you know fried apple pie, fried lemon pie, fried chocolate pie. I mean, fried just... Oreos, fried everything. <laughs> well, no, they haven't done that one yet, but you know, it, it's some good stuff, man. So you can't oh, go yeah. wrong with Whataburger. No. Um, you know, is I mean, is it like like an amazing burger by itself? No, but. What's amazing about it is the things you can do to it. You know, if you want yeah. jalapenos, if you want spicy ketchup, if you want uh dude and their spicy ketchup is legit. Like mm. they sell it in grocery stores. You can buy it. Like if you want wow. it's that good. Yeah. So um, it's, there's, there's so many things about it that you can do um, that makes it your own Whataburger. You know, they've got patty melts and grilled chicken sandwiches and all kinds of stuff that you can, so wow, that's to me the beauty of the Whataburger. Is is being able? There's to do a our lot stuff. of uh, choice and yeah, freedom, yeah. like Texas, freedom, freedom. So freedom. Yeah. What about you, Triple D? I mean, I know it's been a holiday weekend, oh, so man. what's it like for it's the bad. donut king of upper upstate New York on a work, holiday weekend? Work, <laughs> work, man. It was like the last, literally Thursday
0: through today. Probably put in like. 50 or 60 hours i mean mm. it's just it's it's just been it's been crazy and with and with us being shorthanded it's just super stressful you know and uh oh my god today i was i was at the store today about 5 30 in the morning after drinking a bottle of uzal last night mm. like a legit bottle of yeah. yeah 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 so I wasn't was was not hungover because you know Uzo just doesn't affect me that, that much. So I got there, I made my donuts, and I was supposed to have a girl come in at nine thirty. She either she decided not to come in or she didn't get the message. But so I had to run up front, leave my donuts in the back, run up front and work the two busiest hours of the day of Oof. the morning with me and another girl and my father oh man and th- i mean you can do with three people but it's you're going to be running around a lot right it's be a lot of cursing a lot of swearing so and then the other girl showed up i think like at eleven thirty, and that was when i pulled back you know so but yeah. it was just yeah no it, it was it's it's just it's just been a fucking nightmare and it's just um, I mean we, we, we've actually hired I think about three new people, which is good. So hopefully we can get them trained quickly. So but I'm just um, I'm I'm like in my ropes and I haven't had a day off in like four months, so <laughs> the only the only time I haven't gone to work is when I've been sick.
1: Maybe you should get sick more often. <laughs> I,
0: I, can't, I can't I can't miss it man and we're so fucking short handed it's terrible it's absolutely terrible but that's that's what, basically the only thing I did was I went to a memorial Day party drank a lot and played some golf on you know played some golf and that's about it man hey <laughs>
1: that's, that's okay work I know work is work but still you gotta find your time for your balance and I know like- yeah Sounds like yeah, a good time I, to me, you know. Does, so.
0: Yeah, I just, I just have I just need to have a little, a little bit more time, a little more me time instead of like dipping time. So yeah, but oh man, so so I see, I see there's some news going on with Star Trek. I mean, so yes, well, I mean, sir. I mean, I mean Star Trek's always in the news because Star Trek is very popular now. Well, it's yes. always been popular, but it's more popular now with all the new series coming out and the rumors and everything else. So, so Johnny, why, why don't we blow that, uh, boatswain's whistle? Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's blow the boatswain's whistle and go to our news. Where is our news? Oh, there it is. Our news. (laughs) there's our news. All right. Let, let's blow the boatswain's whistle now. And we go to our news. Ah, there we go. I moved it around on me. You don't you hate that when you like, You do something, yeah. and then you yeah, it's like paid in the ass because you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this, to make it better." Then you forget that you moved it to make exactly. it better. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, all right. So this is this is uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, thing for we just talked about Picard last week. Um, so they are going to be releasing a Stargazer Comet miniseries to bridge the gap between seasons two and three of Star Trek Picard. So really? uh, IDW has announced that. Um, all their August 22 uh, comic books, there'll be three new titles, uh, Star Trek titles for the month. Uh, one is a new Stargazer miniseries set between the seasons two and three of Picard. And it is co-written by Picard, co-creator, co-executive producer, Kristen Beyer. Um, also, mm-hmm. August will see the final entry in the Mirror, Mirror War series and another entry in the Alien Spotlight series. Um, so, um, Stargazer is going to be a three-comic Miniseries um, looks like number number one um, is going to be thirty six pages at four ninety nine. Okay, um, and it says uh, embark on a never forcing journey set between seasons two and three of Paramount Plus's hit series Star Trek Picard. After a tantalizing offer to return to the stars arises, Captain Jean Luc Picard takes the bridge of the USS Stargazer. But when trouble rears its head on a once peaceful pre work planet from its past, Picard enlists the help of an old friend. So there will be four covers, a cover by Angel Hernandez, a B cover by Megan Levins, a retail incentive variant cover by Liana Kangas, and a final variant availability only in the IDW store. So wow. uh, they do show um, three of the covers. The first cover is Picard in space, kind of his head, and planets all around it. By Angel Hernandez, the B cover by Megan uh, Levens is Picard sitting in a chair on his uh, with number one uh, on his vineyard, but he's looking up at the stars um, mm-hmm. above him with a glass of uh, wine in his hand. And then the retail uh, incentive cover is the new star Kings are behind him, and the Picard. It looks like he's beaming in. Uh, what you want to see it? Yeah. Okay, Jacob's coming. in. He wants to see the different covers here. <laughs> He's interested. Oh, in the nice. So yeah, so that's the A, that's the B, and that's the C. So it's gonna be interesting um to, to see that come in. Uh Mirror War number eight will also mm. be releasing in August. That is 32 pages at $3.99. So um so um we're gonna it'll be interesting to see. It says here after splintering the Cardassian blockade. The a bold joint attack with help from old friends, the crew of the ISS Enterprise moves to end the Klingon-Cardassian alliance once and for all, enter the Mirror Universe and witness the fate of the Terran Empire in its explosive finale to the Mirror War. Which is interesting because what we know in Star Trek Deep Space Nine is the Terran Empire is collapsed and the Klingon-Cardassian yeah. alliance is strong. So, mm-hmm. or at least in that part of the galaxy. Yeah. We know that, you know, that that that's the case. So, um, they that one as well will have three covers an A cover, a B cover, and a Mm -hmm. retail incentive by that. Um, and then the last um, one is, uh, I don't know if you've been following this one, it's Star Trek um, Alien Spotlight, where they focus on, you know, characters that are specific species or race. And, oh, wow. Okay. And they focus on that. I've seen a few of them. They've been very interesting. They did one on a Gorn. They did one mm-hmm. on Vulcans. They've done one on different um, uh, races. And they don't do like wow. your, your regular... Um, the ones on Vulcans, they did to use Spock. But a lot of times they use people you don't know. The Andorian one was really, really good. Um, it was set in Next Generation. It's done in different timelines oh, wow. as okay. well. So, if I know, so like the one with Spock was... Like Pike area era. Uh, oh, nice uh, Spock. Um, and then the one with the Gorn was set in like the Chekhov uh, era, where he's with the Captain. I think those were the ones used, but it was focused on the Gorn. Um, nice. uh, that that Captain and ship from Wrath uh, of Khan that era. Then oh wow, one. okay, yeah. Then the Enduring one was set in um, Next Generation. Um, so like the Andorian is given a ride to Andoria by the enterprise. And so he interacts with some of the characters, but, um, you know, so yeah, so they're very, very cool. If you've ever, if you haven't checked them out, they're longer, bigger comics. So like this one, Star Trek um, aliens ones is going to be the trill and it's 52 pages at seven 99. So it's a larger book, you know, and it's going to have more, it's, it's a bigger story. It's, it's Mm. bigger than a regular comic, but smaller than a graphic novel. So it's kind yeah. of one of those things. So the uh, the story uh, synopsis here says, Someone is following Vanna, a research student and ex-applicant to the Trill Symbiote Initiate Program, after a life-changing event on a joint Trill Federation Science Expedition. Delve into the world of the Trill in the suspenseful tale of tradition, independence, and survival. So awesome. and there are, are going to be two covers for this one, um, and they both look really, really cool. So IDW is coming out in August. Those are your releases, but the biggest one being the start of the Star Trek the card Star Yeah. I um, you know, mean so we know IDW I mean I have loved IDW's work with oh, the, so with I. the with the license trailer. But like mm-hmm. um do you do you like that they're going to cover the gap between season 2 and season 3 with an oh, IDW Oh yeah, yeah. Comment?
0: I mean yeah, I mean they've been I I love the comics. They've been doing this for like most of the series, with the comics and even with the books, where you have that gap, you know, in between the seasons, and the books and the comics. You know, they kind of fill it in. I I love it. It gives fans, it gives fans, another opportunity to look at it. And you look at who's in charge of it, Kristen Beyer, who is one of the writers for Picard. She's also a very you know well established writer in the star trek literature universe so right. to me that that's a win and i it took different aliens from the star trek universe placed them in different eras and told their story
1: mm-hmm.
0: what was what was the other one john i'm sorry
1: uh so uh, this is just going off my head i know i know that i've seen a oh
0: oh one. oh i'm sorry no the um uh the mirror the,
1: the, oh the mirror, mirror War, the, the started, end of the Mirror War series that yeah. started uh, Yeah, that we had talked about I think at the beginning of the year that uh, they were mm-hmm. starting that Mirror War, um, which is gonna cover because we had the books, but they didn't and we saw the mirror universe. But this this is an actual story involving yeah. them to see in their in their own universe that's gonna set up the Kardashian Cleon Barbie yeah. Alliance and see how it goes from there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So,
0: no yeah. I, I think i i think they're all great i mean i think anything that idw does they do a fantastic job the artwork mm-hmm. the story you know it's very very well it's very well done it's it's very put together very very well i mean the uh they just finish up with the with 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 the year five comic book series that that i that i recommended last week as a start as a uh track wreck mm-hmm. was 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 year five comic book series Done so well, told such a great story, and if I was, you know, to all the Star Trek fans, go out there, purchase, purchase these, purchase these comics. I'm probably going to purchase them as well because you know how much I love to read the comics. You know, because they just uh, they 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 just give you such a um, such, such a look into the Star Trek universe. They help fill out gaps and holes. You know, where where the shows can't do that. So
1: right, yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, if nothing else, having those stories to bridge those gaps make those things even better. Unfortunately, a lot of people didn't read the story that they had that led up to the uh, the 2009 movie, Star Trek movie, uh, with Nero and that. Um, yeah. That I was really good.
0: That was really good. It that made a lot more sense. So yeah.
1: And it made yeah. the story make so much more sense than the movie made more so more sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's there, there's that. So if you guys, if you get a chance to go to IDW and and see some of these things, go do it. It's just going to make your watching that much oh, yeah. better, you know, because they're able to do things that you you can't do or anything else. All right, mm-hmm. um, we're going to skip the Re- Rebecca Romain one because it reveals some spoilers um, since we're waiting oh, to the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. So we're going to do that. So we're going to save that one. Hold How on, about we well, hold
0: up? Bye guys. say this Rebecca Romain as number one. Star Trek, all the way live. Oh yeah, oh,
1: all the yeah. way live. Easy. All the way live. Easy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 Anton Anton Mount's hair.
1: Oh my gosh, it's it
0: should it should have its it should have its own Twitter page.
1: Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It is. It it's is just, a thing of beauty. Thing I'm so of beauty. jealous. Yes. So what we're gonna do now is how about we're gonna talk about uh, Denise Crosby. Um, in case you don't know, Tasha Yar. Um, she just recently came out um, because it is 25 years um, from the release of the Trekkies, uh movie that came out. Um, the Trekkies? Uh, yeah. Did you know? Did you see this movie? It's a documentary, no, no, yeah. So, on the cover, it's a little baby doing a Spock thing, um, in diapers, but then it's got the next generation top and it's called Trekkies. and it's a documentary about, about, um, uh, about, uh, you know, Star Trek fans. As a matter of okay. fact, she she collaborated with director Roger Nygaard on oh, Trekkies, and she was a narrator and co-producer of the documentary that took oh, a serious okay. look at the phenomenon of the Star Trek fandom, uh, mm-hmm. and it spawned a sequel, Trekkies Two, in two thousand four. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, that's awesome. So. Uh, so it's very interesting. So they ask her, like, 25 years later, do you see Trekkies as a historical account of fandom in the 1990s or something that is still relevant today? And she says, I think it's more relevant than ever. When we initially made the film 25 years ago, these doors were just opening up. Uh, we, there wasn't an onslaught of DC or Marvel uh, movies. Comic-cons weren't as huge as they are now. We yeah. hit it just when things were starting to open up and change. So I think it's a great piece of representation for the beginnings of what you take for granted um, right now. So it was very interesting. Um, you know, you think about it, 1997, right? That's 25 years ago. That's a uh, long time ago. It's a, a long time that's ago. That's a while ago,
0: yeah.
1: And you think about it. Like, I was like 14 years old. I was gradu- I graduated in 90, 90s. 90, so if it was 97 this time, you know, in, in, in G, I'd have gra- been graduating, getting ready to go to college. Uh, wow. You know, so going to... Uh, going to California to play baseball so that was uh that was me so uh yeah um you know um and they asked her if she felt that this documentary could be making fun of star um uh, fun of Star Trek fans and she said no um, if anything she she was always intentional on being serious and treating it in a very serious mm-hmm. way and so um uh and she said, as a matter of fact, that um, they uh, Richard Arnold, who was by his right hand man and his story for *All Street Star Trek*, they would bring footage to him and to get his view and get ideas. And he would things like say, "Would this say asking would this offend be offensive to anyone?" And, and using him as kind of a guide to say, you know, "Oh yes, we need to do this or not." And and so she, you know, obviously even though she hasn't you know been a part of the you know star trek genre for a very long our family um in that aspect and we do know she did say some things but it's here obviously in 97 she was turning her attention around to what how important it really was and we yeah. see that she intendedly made a movie that you know honored the the actual fans um yeah. you know and so um it's very interesting that that the fact that you could watch this movie and still see um, um you know uh you can still see similarities in the fandom today that there was you know 25 years ago so yeah um it's very funny they did ask her have you kept up with the new shows is there an uh like there is an uh animated comedy bringing back a lot of classic characters just a little bit i don't follow it fully enough i know that some people reached out to me with lower decks when they were talking about aramis they brought him back, and the people were really uh. thrilled about it. Uh, like <laughs> that, uh, that, to get some righteous justice with him. Um, and so, uh, like she says, she's kept up with a few people. Um, she knows so. So, Martin Green from working with her on The Walking Dead, um, and she did go up to Toronto and visit the set. But she's not, um, you know, she's not heavily involved with everything. And they've asked her opinion on bringing back TNG co-stars for the next season of Picard. And she says, "I did hear that, yes, because people keep asking me if they're going to have Cella back, but there's no plans for that. Certainly, if they ask, I'll definitely do it, but I've never been asked. So, Mm -hmm. um, um, and so then, of course, she said, uh, then they said, unfortunately, the season's been shot, and this is and that is the last season. She's okay. Well, then that ship has sailed. I didn't really follow it. I've never seen Picard. I don't uh, watch much of it.
0: Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, John. She said that season three is, is, is is done filming
1: now." Uh, that's what this uh, this person who's doing the interview said. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So, so apparently it's already been... It's, it's, it's in the can mentioned.
0: and it's being edited right now. Yeah, apparently.
1: So... Um, shit. You know, and then they go into why she was uh, miserable on um, TMG and uh, you know, and so she goes a little bit more into that and um, and uh, they talked about making Trekkies two, um, and is there an idea for making Trekkies three? said um, so they have an idea, but they haven't really kind of focused on what their focus would be on that. So, um, but the 25th anniversary um, Trekkies movie uh, comes out this Tuesday. If you want the 25th anniversary edition, um, wow. it's got uh, is based on a new 4K scan restoration. Also includes a new documentary featured a Trek Back uh, with film's narrator Denise Crosby and Roger Nygaard. Um, and then also interview with hundreds of fans along with notable veterans James Doohan, DeForest Kelly, Walter Koenig, Kate Mulgrew, Michelle Nichols, Leonard Nimoy, wow. Brett Spiner, and George K. Um, you can get it uh, well I'm not gonna tell you this if you want to go to shoutfactory.com, you can get it for 1899, or you can get it on Amazon for 1609. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and you can buy digital versions uh, as well you know by Lee so I think it's uh, I think it's worth
0: buying that just have see DeForest Kelly and James duhan you know yeah to, to, to hear them give interviews because especially the Kelly because DeForest Kelly really you don't see a lot of interviews from him you know right. so you know so so guys listen it's a worthy, it's a worthy thing. Go buy. I mean, support, support, you know, people making Star Trek content and, you know, and, uh, I'm glad to see that Denise Crosby, she kind of saw the light after, after she kind of left next Gen, where she realized how popular Star Trek really is. And even though, even though, even though she had a short lived character, everybody knows tasha yard how the the way that she died and everything so right so so she's forever immortalized you know
1: yeah yeah Yeah. all right so uh, hey so our next story uh you we're gonna talk about your favorite movie um, it's 12 most fascinating updates for the 4K Star Trek: The Motion Picture Director's Edition. Yeah, baby. All right, Best so
0: fucking Star Trek movie ever. Yeah, which
1: by the way, um, it returned to uh, the screen by Fathom Events, um, yeah. uh, with final screens being held Wednesday night. So if you want to go and check it out on the big screen, you have to Wednesday night to go check it out. Nice. So uh you get on there and go to Fathom Events and check that out. But um basically uh this is this is a list put together by Drew Stewart, the man behind the Star Trek TMP visual comparisons Twitter account uh and he put together sampling some of the more interesting different notices between the 2022 streaming version in comparison to the 2001 DVD release of the film and the 2021 4 4k blu ray release that's the theatrical version so um so the like the first example is the opening titles. Um, you have uh in the 2021 version, it's a, a more of a wider based, you know, kind of look. this is a Gene Roddenberry production, a Robert Wise film. Yeah. Um, and then in the 2001, it's more gold. And then for yes, the, it is. Yes, for this for the stream, they added the Starfield behind it. So, oh, really? Yeah. So it's the gold from the 2001. But they had the Starfield behind it from there. So, that Starfield
0: opening, that Starfield opening.
1: Yes.
0: And then with the, Ilya's I theme playing over it, it's just awe-inspiring. Yes. Especially if you look at 1979, you're sitting in a the movie theater, and that and that comes on. You're just like, what? It's, and, and, and when you hear it, it's like one of the greatest. To me, it's one of the great, greatest pieces of movie music, I think.
1: Right. Was, you know it, Yeah. And I mean that's 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 uh up for everybody's opinion. But it was a very good opening in musically as far as some of the the movies go, It's one of the best ones out there. So mm-hmm. all right, so the next one, Vulcan has no moon, Miss Uhura. Uh the original map painting that was shown on Vulcan with moons visible um in 2021, mm-hmm. uh that was there. Um and then it was removed. Uh, for the director's edition in 2001 for the DVD, but then they added more matting and made it match the time of day they were in for the 2022 stream. So um, if you looked at the 2021 theatrical edition, they show the original matte painting with a moon behind, uh, Uh you know, but we know Vulcan has Mm -hmm. no moon. So so basically what they did was that for the director's edition, they took the 2001 painting and then just added it to make, look more realistic with more matting and to match the time of day that they were there. So, you know, um, another one. Uh, take me over, please. This shot of the office complex was recomposited from the original elements with a new star field. A CG subtle pod was added to the port at the bottom left. So there's that office complex kind of, yeah. that, you know, space station thing there that you're looking on yeah. top of. Um, so they've added more star field, a shuttle and um you know uh, a little bit more detail to to that so i really i really wish they would have shot
0: seeing in the office where kirk goes to emerald mm-hmm. N- nogura and goes i want the enterprise back and you kind of have that back and forth between them because nogura is known as a as kind of a kind of a thorn in kirk's side mm-hmm. so i really really wish that they would have had that dynamic that would have been nice that would have been nice. yeah. It would have helped the movie along a little bit
1: too. Yeah. So uh, the next one is uh, it says asteroid. This new shot replaces the random shot of an explosion with the stage ceilings visible. Uh, this shot was recreated in using an original optical VX plate with a new CG Enterprise and a an different position from the 2001 version, which reflects against its hull. So I'm assuming this is the uh, the warp. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the wormhole warp, scene. Yeah, with, you yeah. know, so instead of just being a random explosion with ceiling tiles involved, you now have this very beautifully done. Um, they took they took kind of that original you know, director's edition two thousand one, but man, this visual that they have is just way more well done and beautiful. The explosions bigger, and nice. the swirls from the wormhole are just they look almost tentacle like. Um, oh, wow and, and the Enterprise just looks amazing um on that. Okay. Um I mean that I mean that the the the, the motion picture enterprise is just yeah such a gorgeous ship. It is a good ship. So um the officer's lounge and nacelle was added in the original window for the two thousand one version. There wasn't anything there. Uh the twenty twenty two version removed the entire wall and replaced it with a new mat of the officers lounge window with a oh. CG of the nacelle in view. So like um Basically, for this one, the nacelle is lower. Um, it's like you're almost in the 2022 stream version, the nacelle is mm-hmm. actually lower, it's like you're almost on top with more of a star wow. field. Whereas in the mm-hmm. 2001, it was the majority of the screen was the nacelle, and in the, in the uh, theater theatrical version, there's nothing there, there's a star mm-hmm. field. So, um, you know, um, it's interesting. So there was a completely new shot created for the 2022 version, which provides continuity with the next shot where Spock has rings flying behind him when he reaches the original rings. This new shot also shows the tunnel between the Orifice and the V'ger Island, perhaps making the rings wow. to the inner chamber part. So, like they added a new scene from um, to, to show kind of the rings of the opening where Spock wow. goes in. Um V'ger emerges from the clouds. The original shot of the V'ger model approaching Earth was replaced with a new CG shot of the cloud dissipating as the camera pans towards Earth. The shot was recreated for the 2022 version. So um yeah, so like uh it's I words don't even do this justice. Like just no. it's it's beautiful the way they've done this, and especially for the 2022 version. It's just you know the fact that the stuff they're able to do. Um, with some it's of this incredible. Stuff. It's it's incredible, incredible the fact incredible. that they're creating new scenes even to add into this. So there's a uh, the tunnel. There's an all new CG exterior shot of the Enterprise going through the tunnel that was created. The shot was recreated for the 2022 version. So there's not in theatrical release. They have wow. something, but you can barely make it out in the 2021 mm-hmm. theatrical. But they recreated it and it is beautiful for 2022. So. Wow. Um, the path to V'ger, um, the shot of the away party coming out of the hatch to stand on the saucer, was replaced with a CG plate. Uh, the tiles now appear in front of them one by one, animated by uh, on the twos to emulate the feeling of using 70s animation technique in 2021. Uh, the 2020 wow. version animates every frame. So, instead of it looking kind of more choppy and, and kind of what they did, um, it's, it's just beautiful again just they do they they take they took some of the director's edition stuff um and and some of the, the theatrical edition stuff mm-hmm. add it together and make something that's just looks perfect it looks perfect for what they did brightened yeah. everything up made everything more clear like the light um from the enterprise is way brighter in the 2022 stream version um everything just pops more on the screen it's just worth it. Involved so uh, wow.
0: So so basically, John. I mean, uh, where where can we find this? Because I mean, I'm because I, I want to see it. So so this is a streaming.
1: Movie, oh yes, basically? right. So this is so you know, Paramount Plus has mm-hmm. the uh, director's edition four K um, uh, release. So if you want to if you want to go to uh, check that out, because the only other way you could see it is in, in Fathom Events. But, okay, so uh,
0: basically so, so basically I can go to paramount so the, the people can go to paramount plus and right. they can see this okay yeah wow. this is
1: everything you know someone that that it was debuted a month ago um but uh which like I said you can go see it right now at fathom events till Wednesday um but if you, this is someone having a month to sit down and look at some of these shots these are the wow. 12 biggest things that they noticed so That's we crazy. are on uh that was number two 10 so we have two more to go that are 11 wow. and 12. so there's oh, this is the crazy yeah Viger must evolve an almost six second edition was made showing the entity of v'ger ascending then imploding this shot was recreated for the 2022 version uh which puts the ship ahead ship head on instead of in profile so um when you look at it like so in the in the director's edition that they released in 2001 you saw mm-hmm. a side view, it was more of an up top view, yeah. Um, for the directors that did for the new stream for the high end version that they released this year, which looks way better. It looks way better. Um, and then let's see, originally, Spock and McCoy's uh were switched in the shot for the 22 new version. The bands on their arms were swapped back to get rid of this continuity error. So, um, that's, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's yeah so basically um that's what uh you know they they noticed that they were wearing the wrong colors essentially on their jacket so they switched them to make them right um for the 2022 stream. but apparently this guy uh has a full comparison gallery with over 100 images and analysis and that's found on google photos um but the uh but those are the top 12 Biggest differences wow. between those things. So, uh, Triple D. Now that you know that you can see some of the work that they've done and they, the things that they've added and and improved. Um, uh, how long till you watch the motion picture? And you watch. It my butt? I'm, sure I'm
0: going to try to watch it today after we <laughs> after we get done. Of course because, you uh, will. Well, because because you know me, I absolutely love the motion picture. I know it's, you do. It's just such a great movie, and. I know a lot of people say it's boring, and I, I know, John, it's it's not your cup of tea, John. I get it, you know? It's
1: it's. I mean, I don't hate it. It's not Oh, like, yeah, no,
0: no, no, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say it's a top fiver, but it's not, you know. I well, mean, it's good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not reaching for... I, I'm, I'm going to be Rathacon, and, you know, those, those four... Well, yeah, four I, I mean... Then maybe Undiscovered Country, and then Motion Picture is going to be, like, my fifth one on my grab you know, if I'm going to go with the original series guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, though that's probably how I would rank it right now for me. But, you know, I'm not saying I won't ever watch it. I do. You know, I mean, I definitely now with this for me as someone who so-and-so with, with the motion picture movie, I'm interested in seeing now because of exactly, how cleaned yeah. up, you know, the way it looks now. I'm definitely interested in seeing, you know, what it looks like now that it's you know all high def and resed and they've improved some things that made a difference. for me as a casual viewer it definitely piques my interest in wanting to check it out again that's good so i mean i know for hardcore fanial you've would been watching it anyway you've been like hey we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna show the motion picture without any sound and you'd be like okay let's go watch it you know <laughs> yeah you know? no i
0: like literally I, I i listen to the soundtrack i can tell the, the scenes and I know the kind of scenes like word for word just by listening to the music and I can mm. picture it because nothing too, the, the, the music and the scenery were always good in the motion picture. Mm. Now with them clearing it up and doing what, what they've done to it now, it's a, it's going to be an absolute masterpiece. Absolute, absolute masterpiece. Mm. But once again, I just lament the fact that I wish they would have had a little bit more, you know, character building scenes in there that i just wish they would have done that better i mean in the book because it's it's, well it's obviously it's gene ronberry wrote the book for it there are some scenes where you do get some character building and i just wish he would have included that so
1: yeah yeah well well, our last story today it 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 talks about conventions. We're gonna talk we're gonna go on the convention tour here a little bit. Yeah, um, the convention tour. Well, you know, they've had this uh destination Star Trek um you know company that's been taking over. Uh well um they massive events has been doing these destination Star Trek things that have been very popular. Um well uh they announced for Destination London plan for September thirtieth through October seventh. It's been canceled. So if you got tickets and you were going to go what? to London. Yes. Uh, Why did they, they
0: cancel it?
1: Um, so they're going to, it says here that they say they just run one big Destination Star Trek event this year. This makes Destination Star Trek Germany, September 23rd to 25th, in Dortmund, Germany, the sole official European Trek event for 2022. So apparently maybe there Freaking was some issues.
0: Germans are taking over everything.
1: Well, that or who knows if there was COVID protocols or yeah, what. Yeah, obviously. You yeah, know, probably. Um, uh. but um, the London Comic-Con has a Trek tribute. Um, you know, um, mm-hmm. they haven't announced any dates for 2023 as far as Destination London um, having a 2023. Um, and then they says that the London ticket holders who've already got the tickets, they will be uh, updated by email regarding their ticket. Um uh saying that July 8th through 10th they did tell them that London Film and Comic Con will be having a special tribute to Star Trek including many of the guests who were lined up for DT- DST London so um mm-hmm. so there is solace in that but right now um, maybe massive events events took off you know logistically more than they could chew maybe there was covid issues maybe it was Probably. whatever who knows yeah. so right now i mean they this is their first year running this destination events too. Oh, really? So, okay, yeah, okay. you know, so like this year was the first year for the one they did in um, earlier this year. Um, uh, where wherever they did it, uh, Chicago, you know,
0: Chicago, when they did this in
1: yeah. Chicago, and then they were going to try to do one in Europe and uh, mm-hmm. two in Europe. But like if you're only doing one in the United States for the year and you could try to do two in Europe, you know, that's yeah, a pretty big totally. logistical aspect. So yeah. I can understand scaling back and going, hey. We thought we could do two in Europe. Let's do one. Germany is pretty centrally located. You're going to yeah, pull Germany. from a lot of people all over Europe if you go Germany. It's fairly centrally located. So uh, it's probably a good bet to stick with that one um, uh, as far as that goes. And then uh, Showmasters um, is the company that is doing the London Comic Con um, who will have the tribute to track for that. Nice. So uh, if you are a London-based listener – and you had those tickets. Know that you're still coming in July. Hey, it's July, so it's sooner than than the end of September and October. So, which is better weather for Londoners anyway? So, um, so mm-hmm. at least you got that. And you're you're not missing out on a lot of the stars because they're going to be at that one as well. Um, so, um, Creation Entertainment having is their you know 56 year mission Las Vegas event. They have a hundred guests so far. Um, uh and Holy the shit. the hundredth guest they just announced was Robert was Robert Picardo, um aka the doctor. Um so it is a four-day event running August 25th to the twenty eighth. It's it's held this year at Bailey's Hotel and Casino.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um headliners include William Shatner, Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine, Kate Mulgrew, Jerry Rice, Zachary Quinto, Sonica Martin Green, Dunn Jones, Ron Perlman, and John Noble. Um Damn Yes, it says tickets are still the gold packages have sold out. Um, okay, so I just want to I am going to how much for, how
0: much the gold package?
1: I that's what I'm trying. I'm I'm going there right now oh, to yeah. find out. Let's see. Uh admission passes. Let's do this. Uh gold convention admission package. Let's just see what this is. Um 14 awesome benefits and perks. Um. let's see, reserve seats. Choose the best reserve seats in the main theater where our major guests appear when you order online. The seat is yours for the whole four-day convention plus some of the night wow. events listed. Complimentary in-person autographs. When you get purchase gold, you get complimentary in-person autographs from select 12 or 13 celebrities including Kate Mulgrew, Jerry Ryan, John Noble, Armin Shimmerman, Terry Farrell, Ethan Phillips, Diana Meyer, uh, Blue DiBario, Ian Alexander with more to come. You must bring something for the guests to sign, either an item you bring from home, or you can purchase photos or and other merchandise in the vendors' room. So gold autograph sessions will be held in the main theater, although be signing row by row. And other gold autograph sessions will be at their tables and vendors' wow. rooms during the convention. Uh admission to the Thursday night dinner party. Uh wow. as super favorite benefit, you'll get to enjoy a wonderful dinner watching Tig Notaro's comedy show, to gold patron only. <laughs> um admission to the las vegas 2022 saturday map gala every year we present the finest in live mm-hmm. inter- genre entertainment with spectacular evening affair things are being made for the gala um let's see dude there's so much stuff here um it was 1099 yeah. $1, $1, dollars tell you the truth
0: tell you the truth yeah and you will tell you in all honesty to to get into all those events to have the autographs and everything else, mm-hmm. that's not a bad
1: deal. Yeah. So oh, here, then- oh, here's the biggest one. All right, so just so okay, so let's instead of Rio you know, So Saturday night Gala, so our Dance Party, Limited Special Edition Collector's Coin Creation Trek Treat Card, Party Lines for Gold Autographs, Priority Pre Registration, sure. Especially Color-Coded Wristbands and Collector Badges, Admission to the Second Theater. Mission the huge vendors room, keep your seats. You will also have the option to renew your seat, same seat, or try for an even better seat for the 57-year mission in Las Vegas. So oh my you, God. you buy that, it's, it's just so that's gold for a thousand bucks, which is sold out. Yeah, uh, this,
0: but there's gotta be like platinum or diamond.
1: Yeah, so like, like captain's chair, um, you get reserve seats, Saturday Night Gala, dance party, uh collector's coin. Mm-hmm. So you get you're not getting everything. This is Looks to be about um, looks to be about half. That's um, not bad. I mean, that's not yeah. bad. So yeah. So the, yes. So there's 14 where. So it's uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's nine. Five thirty uh, five. Five thirty nine is the cost for that copper convention admission package. Um, is Three fifty nine, and it is reserved seats. admissions to the gala, limited edition collector coin, pre-registration, color coded wristbands, secondary theater, huge mm-hmm. vendors room, and then you have general admission. Um, general admission is two sixty nine. Okay. So, um, you know, but uh, you don't get anything else. I mean, you, you, just, know, you just you just get chance to get in, and then if you get single day pass if you want a single day pass. It's ninety dollars that's for the preferred single day pass. General admission is 70. So you gotta
0: go like this. You buy the general admission, it's two sixty nine.
1: Yeah. You
0: want to get autographs. It's probably 20 or 30 dollars. You get five or six autographs. You're almost at $500. Yeah. If you want to go to the gala, it's probably another 30, 40 dollars. So in, in all honesty, yeah. I mean, if you want to do it on a car, which is up to whatever, but to me, when you told me the price of that gold pass in my mind, I'm already thinking about how much they're charging and stuff. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. That's a good, and if you have the time to do everything, you know, but if you don't have the time to do everything, you know, then, you know, it, it's kind of a waste, but, you know, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, I went to one convention. I mean, I went to one. It was check on the Rogue. I bought one on a Sunday, and I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it went on a Sunday, so it really wasn't that packed. But I'm sure on Saturday when they had everybody there, it was probably crazy. So.
1: Oh yeah, see, so, like there was one thing this year with WrestleCon. Like Friday morning was the like you had to have a special, you know, band to get in, get to buy a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was super chill, and I was busy. And then you go Saturday morning, and everybody is the crazy, Insanity. and yeah. I was just crazy. so I couldn't even imagine for Star Trek, you know what that would be like. So, you know, and then, uh, then they've announced the date for the um, Star Trek. You know, they had Star Trek Mission Chicago this year, yeah, um, which was done by Repop. Um, and then, uh, so they've announced the actual dates for next year's Star Trek Mission Seattle. Um, they said it is going to be. At the Washington State Convention Center in Seattle, May twenty sixth to the twenty eighth, so Memorial Day weekend for mm-hmm. um, for next year for Star Trek Mission Seattle. So uh, Chelsea, that's
0: smart. I mean, you know,
1: I mean, smart, right? yeah. yeah,
0: that's 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 smart to do it because a lot of people will have off, and you know, they'll. But but the only thing is, is people traveling. I mean, is the cost of travel is it going to be down by next year? Who knows? I hope. That's probably enough. the reason why they probably canceled in London because if you have Star Trek fans flying over from the U.S. or from from anywhere else, the cost
1: of flights mm-hmm.
0: is, is absolutely ridiculous. You know, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: we looked at that. When, you know, for me to try to come up there. The cost, of exactly. Yeah, try to get up there. You can't get on there for less than three fifty. You know, yeah. no matter what. I mean, it's and and that's you know. You go three fifty. You might have a stop or two. Yeah. Know. Listen,
0: John. One way. One way or another, John. I'm going to get you off
1: here. <laughs> All right. you worry. Right. Don't you? I'm worry. not, you I'm worry. not worried. Gonna, I'm not worried. We're gonna have
0: we're gonna have a fun Phil Star Trek day.
1: Yes, so. sir. <laughs> yeah. So so that's our last story about uh, this week about our conventions uh, that are coming up. So if you're a big convention follower, um, those are your opportunities. You, Germany and then next year with uh, with uh, well no I'm sorry you have this year you have Vegas this year Germany this yep. year and then next year you have uh, uh, Seattle so um, if if you're looking to go you know, Vegas the gold packages are sold out so you're gonna need your yeah. captain's share, which is gonna be your next best bet at 500 bucks you still get access to some a priority autographs and things along those lines, but you don't quite get the level that you would get with the gold gold, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. um, if you do have uh if you do go to a convention, you listen, let us know. We want to hear yeah. about oh, that. Yeah, you can love to hear, you know, mid show plug of, you can always email us the Academy at HMG at yahoo.com is up on Twitter at Academy HMG or on Facebook yeah. Academy HMG. Tell us your convention experience, what it was like, um, did you go dressed up? Uh, did you go just as a regular person? <laughs> Who'd you meet? Fun stuff like that. So, um, but with that said, I think we needed to let go ahead and let off our black alert here. Black alert, and we will start with our main point today. Now, uh, which we kind of have two main points. They're not yeah main point. This is kind of like a mini main point episode. Yeah, yeah, we had two that were really huge. Main points, but we wanted to talk about. Um, do you want to do the one you brought up first, and then we'll do sure, the one yeah, I brought up? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we can all right. Do that. All right, so you go ahead and start with yours, then Triple D. Tell us all what right. your main so, main point was. So now we've got strange new worlds.
0: We yes. have another actor playing Spock. We we saw Ethan Pack play Spock in Discovery. So, and there's always there's always a debate who is the better Spock? Is it Zephyr Quinto from the Kelvin Timeline? Or is it Ethan Peck from Strange New Worlds? Obviously, Leonard Nimoy is the greatest Spock because he was the original Spock. Right. It's, so, it's sort of like when people debate James Bond. They debate who is better, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton. Sometimes they even compared to Connery, but to me, there's there's no comparison. You know, right, he's the standard you're, you're comparing He's the standard that you're, you're comparing against. So... So, using Leonard Nimoy as a standard, you know, comparing Quinto and Ethan Peck, I'm going to say who is one and who is two. Okay. And I know Ethan Peck's only been doing it for a little little amount of time, but he's impressed me so much. He reminds me so much of Nimoy. The whole, you know, playing it playing it straight. When, when humans are trying to joke around with him and how sometimes how he has, like, that dry sense of humor like Leonard Nimoy did in the original series. Yeah. I'm going Ethan Peck, number one, and Zachary Quinto, number two. And I love Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto killed it as Spock in the Calvin timeline. It was probably loved this dynamic between him and Kirk And as you said before, you know, I mean, if you look at Quinto, he moved like Nimoy. He had time to spend time with Leonard Nimoy Mm -hmm. as well. So, but I just, Ethan Pack, he just, even the mannerisms Ethan Pack has, it's like Leonard Nimoy. The hands behind the back, just the same, the straight up. The eyebrow, it just, it's kind of, it's kind of uncanny. So, Mm -hmm. That's that's who I think is one and two. How about you, John?
1: You know, um, I, I think I kind of reverse them a little bit okay. because um, for me, I think Quinto. I mean, and it's really really hard. It's splitting hairs here. I yeah, mean, it, it is, is really. It
0: really is splitting hairs.
1: It, yeah, I mean, it really is because here's here's my thing. You have Zachary Quinto worked with Leonard Nimoy and is yeah. trying to take the essence of Leonard Nimoy. But remember, this Spock is a different Spock because of yes, what happened. Is. And so the, it's 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 not the same Spock that would be in this. This is Kelvin timeline Spock. So you still have the manners, the way he carries himself, but he's also a Spock who's lost his entire planet, lost mm-hmm. his mom, you know, trying to rebuild a civilization while balancing being in Starfleet and having a relationship with with uh, Uhura. Um, uh, all of these things that we never saw in the original uh, original series, but yet. In that essence of the way he walked, moved, the micro, the micro movements, even the things of how he carried mm-hmm. himself, um, he almost embodied that Scott, that Spot character, while adding to the character because of the loss he experienced, yeah, and, and the the burden he feels. Um, yeah, as we saw in the third one, he's struggling with, I, I need to leave Starfleet because I need to rebuild. You know, Vulcan. Vulcan with the death of Mr. You know of alternate timeline Spock, I now have to do this other part, and you know, so which is something that never had to cross Spock's mind. You exactly. know exactly, yeah. As, as you know, as he went through the original time, uh, timeline, so to me, I think that's where I appreciate Quinto a little bit more, is because he does all the embodiment and everything. And and nobody can get Nimoy's voice. Nimoy, you know, voice. You can get the cadence. Both of the guys have got the cadence, and and yeah. they as best they can, the syntax as best they can, the preciseness of how he spoke as best he can. But I think adding that extra flavor that is a little bit of Zachary Quinto while honoring the original Leonard Nimoy is why I kind of take him a little bit more for that reason because. Oh no! I mean, it's. You yeah, know, it's you know it's, it's like splitting hairs, John. Right, and but I mean, like you can't. I mean, I have enjoyed uh, Ethan Peck as you know the as as Spock because, like you said, he he's having. But here's because here's the thing: Zachary Quinto had the freedom to be a little bit more himself and to kind of challenge the Spock that we knew because this is a different Spock. Mm-hmm. Ethan Peck does not have that at all. No, he, he has to follow a strict guideline of who Spock is from what Leonard Nimoy set. And so, and he's in the original timeline. So even the stories that we know from ahead, ahead of time, unless the writers decide, screw it, we're not going to follow some of the canon that has yeah. been set. But um, for the most part, he's having to follow canon that's been set by, you know, the writers and people of the show and things mm-hmm. along those lines. So, We know that he has to follow a tight timeline, and that's impressive. You know, like I said, I think the only thing that kind of takes me out of it is the timber of his voice is just a little bit deeper than Nimoy's was. You know, yeah, and and that's the only thing. And that's I know that's being nitpicky a little bit, but you know, um, if we're going to compare apples to apples here, exactly, yeah, that's what you know. That would be my only negative knock would be just that the timber of his voice is a little bit too deep. For Nimoy, and whereas Quinto kind of I think matched the timber a little bit better, but it's it's like you said it, it's splitting here. I mean, maybe next yeah. week I watch something, I watch, or I catch up and watch episode four tonight, and then I go, you know, Ethan Peck does something, and I was like, okay, never mind, you know, he never mind, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, here, here's the other half of it: we're comparing someone who played in three movies versus someone who's going to be in how many episodes and yeah. played the character for a long time, which Leonard Nimoy had played for three seasons. Um, he didn't do any of the voicing in the animated series, did he? Or, yeah, he did. He did. He animated, and then in all the movies, you know. So, um, you know, he knew that character inside and out. And yeah. so... Um, so. And then did, plus two he was on Next Generation too, as well. Exactly. You know, being able... So you take someone who played a character for the lat long... And all that he did, and you're trying to compare mm-hmm. it to someone who's what? F- well, with Discovery, he was that was he was in most of Discovery, so yeah, what he was. Well, about ten of the thirteen episodes mm-hmm. um, for that, and then so far four. So he's with this with uh, Strange New World. So that's you know what nineteen episodes, but yeah. there's there's a drop in the bucket compared to Leonard Nimoy, you know, and and then of yeah. course Zachary Quinto only has the three movies, so. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we all know Leonard Moy's the man; he's the standard. Yeah. But in two weeks' time, I may change my mind, and then I might watch. <laughs> you know, I watched the movies again year ago. <laughs> oh shit. Quinto. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. You know, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's how how well that both guys did the character and, and they yeah. honored the character. You know, and that's that's always going to be the hard part when you play a legacy character. You know, uh, is honoring that character. I mean, the young lady who's playing Cadet O'Hara. Uh, doing a great job of oh, honoring the character, job. Yeah. you know. I mean, and that's that's that's. I think that's going to be the hardest thing for Star Trek: um, uh, Strange New Worlds is you're going to have some legacy characters making appearances, and how do you honor that character and you know cast that character and make it to where you're. Still representing who they are, yeah. But you know, you're in a different time and place. You can't
0: even Nurse Chapel and Doctor and Benga as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. I mean, you, you, those those things as well. They're legacy characters. You have to respect and, and go. Okay, very cool. So, um, you know, that I, I think that's why I'm I'm not easily. I'm like it's like nailing down you know, Jello with me. I got I, you. Yeah. No. It's
0: uh yeah. It's uh it's all good. It's the same thing with me too. It could change me too. I could watch one of the Calvin timeline movie. I could watch the Calvin movie again and be like, "Ah, oh, Quinno is so good," you know. Yeah. So it, it just depends, you know. It just and depends. I
1: think what sealed it for me with Quinto is in three when him and and uh, Carl Urban as McCoy. Oh God, that And was... they, that whole scene where they they landed and yeah. um, you know he's like trying to get him. He's like, I can confer that your hypothesis is as you say horseshit. You know, and I mean, you know, and I mean, just like there, like that was the most bone spot yeah. interaction that was, yes, it was, it was like was. watching DeForest Kelly and Lenore yeah. one, you know, and it was, it was great. And it just, yeah. you know, I really enjoyed that. And I think that to me sealed it as Quinto.
0: I will say this there's gonna be nobody that's gonna play Dr. McCoy. Oh, yeah, no, he, he, Carl Arbor. As McCoy, he was DeForest Kelly. Oh yeah, uh, it, it was, and, and even and even Nimoy said it. Uh, Nimoy even cried because he's like, my guy. He goes, it's like, it's it's like my friend is here.
1: Yeah, well, with I mean, me. yeah, I mean, the when you're first introduced to Carl Urban as Leonard Nimoy as Bones, you know, even before he says his name, you know who he is because of just the way he. So embody embodied, embodied the force kill I love it. You oh, know, just god. you want me to sit down to this death trap? I mean, just like he he almost like had the a word for yeah. work and just I'm oh like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, as your eyeballs pop out, and you know, he just, yeah. he just gets so you know salty yeah. about it. It's oh you my god. green, you green blooded bastard. Yeah. I knew I knew you'd do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're just so you know that oh, green that green blooded has bastard has it out for you you know yeah, mean, he has
0: it out for me yeah
1: uh, just just the stuff oh, that he man. did you know uh, yeah nobody nobody will be better than carl Urban. i that's that's definitely not one so um, but okay so i, I think we kind of covered that mini topic
0: yeah we did yeah
1: and so so one thing i thought would have been fun to do and we're going to do this it's uh, we're going to talk about uh, people who were in the Star Trek franchise, who served in the military, And being it is Memorial Day, and uh, kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, I did a lot of research on this. I only found four people... um, Now, mind you, nobody went beyond the original series. Everybody who did this looked at the original series actors only. So there may be actors in Next Gen or any of the other ones uh, that were military members, but everything I looked at just had original Mm. series uh, people. So um, original series had four individuals who served in the military. And so uh, we're going to go over each one of them. First, we're going to start with DeForest Kelly, Dr. Bones, um, you know, uh, who was born Jackson DeForest Kelly in Atlanta. Um, And then it says he enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Forces. Um, So in case you don't know – and after 1956, if I remember, you know, it was there was no Air Force, um, you oh, know, United really? States Air Force. It was until it was after 56 that they created the U.S. Air Force. Before that time, it was the Army Air Force, uh, oh, U.S. A.A.F. Wow. like so, like my grandfather when he, so anybody who flew pre 56 technically wasn't in the Air Force; they were in the Army Air Forces. And so, like my grandfather flew P51s um, over Europe. Um, in, in, at the end of 44 and 45 so towards the wow. end of everything up and so um you know he was part of the United States Army Air Forces um and because you had your naval air forces and you had you know and marine air forces um but they decided that the army was to focus on ground force maneuvers so therefore they created an air force specifically to be this those planes. So, but in, ni- in March of 1943, he began his active duty a week later after he enlisted. So, I mean, wow, watch this. He enlists on March 3rd, 1943, and began his active duty a week later. So, wow. Times are different. Uh, you know, a lot different now. It says during his time in the military, he served as a public relations writer and control tower operator in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, <laughs> That is two very different things. A public yeah. relations writer and a control tower operator. He probably uh, saw some shit there. He probably saw some shit in Roswell. Yeah, in Roswell. it's. I mean, saw some shit have there. you been to Roswell? I have not. I, I actually interviewed for a job as a youth pastor for First Baptist Church Roswell wow. New Mexico a long time ago when Jacob was a baby. Uh, I mean, it got to the point where they flew us out there and, you know... Um, met with some of the people from the church and had a weekend out there. Um, Very beautiful area at night. I could see why people would think that aliens landed or whatever, because there is no light pollution whatsoever in the sky. It's just incredible. You know, it just, it's amazing out there uh, just to see. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I could see where you're at night and you could see, say, wow, I saw something because uh, you know, it's definitely beautiful out there it's it's one of those unique desert experiences that you can go do and then uh Ria Dosa is a mountain resort like an hour from there that's just incredible wow. beautiful that's just like a completely different environment so uh it's very it's very very cool uh area to go check out if you've never been go check it out It's a lot of fun outside of the um alien aspect of it it's just really yeah. beautiful. So, it says later he was assigned to the first motion picture unit in Culver City, California, where he worked on recruiting and training films, first as a technical assistant and then eventually as an actor. So, yeah. in 1945, the 1945 training film Time to Kill featured Kelly alongside with would be alongside another would be superstar George Reeves, also noticed. Holy shit. There. Yes. And then in 46 he was honorably discharged. Um so, um he because of that, he kind of wanted to cont- stay into the motion picture business, so he went to continue his acting career, playing a number of westerns before becoming the Enterprise's friendly doctor. So, what people, most people don't know, <laughs> DeForest Kelly had a big acting career in westerns. He yeah, was that- in a ton of westerns. Yeah. So, But, if you want to see him in a 1945 training film, a, a Time to Kill, with George Reeves, known as Superman, it's out there. You can go find it um let's see let's see it's on youtube everything's he, on youtube he, everything's on youtube so you can find it on youtube so so that was DeForest Kelly um that was his his uh service now the next one is the biggest one um that we're going to be talking yeah, about um and his name is James Duhan, aka Scotty um dude scotty talking
0: bad ass Scottie badass, was a badass. You know, bad motherfucker, man. Yes. You did, you did yes. not mess around with James Duhan.
1: Now, James Duhan was Canadian-born, um, and he joined the Royal Canadian Army Cadets Corps in 1938. Um, the year after, duhan joined the Royal Canadian Artillery, 14th Midland Field Battery of the 2nd Canadian Infantry Division, according to Ward History Online. In 1940, he became a commissioned lieutenant and in 1944, he was one of the infantry pushing forward on D-Day. Um, wow. So he was at D-Day and survived, according to War History Fucking Online. Duhan later told the Associated Press of his journey to the beach. We were more afraid of drowning than we were of the Germans. <laughs> James Duhan, of course, he was. Oh that. my god! After reaching Juno Beach, Duhan shot two Legend. German snipers while leading his men to higher ground. The outlet reported, dude. dude. Two German Legend. Yeah. Yeah. And it says he led his men across the sands and got lucky. Um, Despite the anti tank mines beneath their feet, none went off as the men were not heavy enough to activate them. Later that night, Doohan was hit by friendly fire six times with one bullet hitting a silver cigarette case in his chest pocket, saving his life, uh, the outlet reported. Another bullet hit his right middle finger, which needed to be amputated, and of the four other bullets hit him in the leg. Um, So, and, uh, of all things, he he survives D the Day. Then later that night, gets hit friendly six times fire for friendly, friendly fire, fucking fire. Oh one taking God. taking the right middle finger off. Which if you if you he very intently never showed that that is missing never. his middle finger. You know the only time there's a picture of him and DeForest Kelly, and I want to say Leonard Nimoy at I think it was one of the, the shuttle Enterprise launching um, where they're holding up the you know the Vulcan salute and Doohan does it because he has no middle finger so he's doing <laughs> it you know like that and that's one of the few times that you've actually seen it but then it, he a silver cigarette case in his chest pocket saved his life because of that um, yeah, that's, smoking, that's crazy. Saved his, smoking saved his life smoking saved his life <laughs> so most people would be like okay that's cool I'm done right No, no, no. After recovering from his wounds, he trained as a pilot and graduated from Air Observation Pilot Course 40. Uh, And then uh, he was once labeled the craziest pilot in the Canadian Air Force. After a stunt that landed him in hot water, he flew a plane between mountainside telegraph poles to to prove it could be done. You know, (laughs) dude was just a nut. And then Bad ass. Yes, uh, mind you, this is after being sh- going to D Day and, and being shot. So after the war, he started voice acting. Um, he would go oh, on he's to be f- a great voice actor. He's a great oh, voice actor. You think so? Listen to this: four thousand shows on radio, four hundred and fifty on TV, and earned a reputation as the most versatile voice actor in the business. It was 1965, however, that he in- indeed entered history, landing the role of Montgomery Scott in Star Trek as well as playing the role of chief engineer for the Starship Enterprise. Do what Dohan also helped develop the Klingon and Vulcan languages. Yes he did. Dude, James Doohan, if you don't talk about I mean this is a guy who is a warrior poet. You know, this is this is the guy that yeah. is a straight badass, but you know, at the same time was a artful, considerate kind man as well. Yeah. Um, we there's, a story, there's a story there's a story of a lady writing to him talking about how she wanted to commit suicide, and he wrote her back and said, you know, please don't. I'd like to meet you someday. And sure enough, she got that letter, and he eventually got to meet her. And it was because of his letter to her that um, he saved a lady's life from dying of suicide because he he did that. I mean, uh, you know, I I, I I don't know. Like, James Doohan, what more can you say about the man? I mean, that right there was He's just legend. Legend. That's all you can say, really. Legend. Legend. Yep. Gene Roddenberry, Eugene Gene Wesley Roddenberry entered the Army Air Corps as a second lieutenant, stationed in the Pacific Theater at Guadalcanal. He flew B seventeen bombers there, including one bomber called the Yankee Doodle. The Yankee
0: um, Doodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Roddenberry befriended a Chinese pilot named Kim Nu Soon. During the war, and apparently, uh, uh, Singh. I'm sorry, Kim Kim Noonian Singh. Is, uh, yeah, kind of but won. I got
0: him for Khan Noonian Soon though. Yeah. No, they gave yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so he used the and uh, Robert used the name for Khan Noonian. Well, no, it's it's the same Khan Noonian yeah, Soon, yeah, but it, g- they spell it S I N G H. So, um, uh, Singh that. Yeah, Khan Noonian Singh, and then yeah. And then it says, and Data's father, Noonian Song, soon. Yeah. So, which is spelled different S-O-O-N-G. So, um, mm-hmm. so basically, uh, it was Roddenberry hoped to capture his old friend's attention. He lost track of him and wanted to reconnect. The outlet explained. Uh, um, <laughs> but some sources claim the friend's name was Kim Noonian Wang. Let's be honest. Roddenberry <laughs> was probably drunk half the time and couldn't remember yeah, he guy's names. So, uh, you, military, you, military, a lot, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs too. Well, I mean, if you're in World War II and you are fine, B seventeen. Yeah, you understand yeah, that. You're, it you're says, uh, yeah, it says military indicates that after eighty nine combat missions, and at the rank of captain, Ron Murray was awarded a distinguished the, wow. a so, a it, yeah. the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Medal before being honorably discharged in 1945. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Eighty nine combat missions, and the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Medal. That is That's a big huge. deal. That's huge. So, um so Robberry started writing and selling stories and poetry in various magazines, the New York Times, during the war. And afterwards he joins uh, he joined the Air Force to help them identify causes of air, aircraft crashes aircraft crashes. Uh, the web uh, web comic The Oatmeal covered famously Rodberry's further images in flying before he decided to do other things, including serving with the LAPD and then starting Star Trek. So um, very diverse uh, gentleman there, Gene Ronberry, and being a yeah. pilot, uh, serving the LAPD, a writer, and then creating Star Trek. So we have one more uh, for us. Uh, the only other original series actor to serve in the military was Leonard Nimoy, and Mr. Spock himself. Mm-hmm. He volunteered for service in the U.S. Army Reserves in 1953 during the Korean War. Um, Nemo rose to the rank of sergeant during his time in the entertainment division so um, he appeared in training films including uh, one that's listed on this website and uh, it's on YouTube in uh, which he played a young service member who has post-traumatic stress disorder and he's a psychiatrist. Wes wow. Parker known for playing the roles of David Crockett and Daniel Boone appeared in the same video so mm-hmm. those are the four Original Star Trek series actors who have uh, been in the military. So, um, and not only to them, but to everybody who's ever served, you know, we want to thank you for your service because mm-hmm. it allows two knuckleheads like us to come on here. Yeah, exactly. And write, oh, Will Wheaton, a bitch. Uh, you know, say fuck the Romulans. Fuck but the Romulans. You're right. But, you know, in all actuality, we have that freedom because of, yeah, you know, here. men like this. My grandfather's um, who served in World War II. Uh, everybody else who's had family serve in any way, shape, or form. Um, my cousin Boogie, who just retired last year as a full colonel in the Marines. Um, you know anybody who you know that served. Um, uh, I think I, I think I posted earlier today that I was talking. I was at the gym this morning. I got up at my regular time and went to the gym because you know I want to be consistent. But um, I did. And then as I'm listening today, I heard micro twice. But on the second time, in the first one, he talked about Memorial Day with a gentleman and some of the stories that you don't ever really hear that were just awesome. And then he was an intern on Black Rifle Coffee's podcast with Evan Hafer. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I got to listen to micro twice and, you know, once on nice. his own and then once on, on Evan on the Black Rifle. And I tweeted, Evan ha- Hafer fucking liked my tweet, you know? And so, um, Hell yeah! To like, especially all the guys at Black Rifle Coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I buy all their stuff. I got really cool hats and shirts, and <laughs> I got I got my sticker, you know. Nice. Uh, you know and I'll go to the Black Rifle Coffee. They have a store not far from here, and I'll go there now and then and just buy something from the the store there. Uh, my kid drinks coffee. I'll buy a Black Rifle Coffee for for him so he can drink it, you know. And yeah, uh, you know, he drinks it straight too. He doesn't put cream or anything in it, and uh, you know. He's gonna get some hair on his chest, that's for sure. Jacob, J- <laughs> Jacob,
0: Jacob's a good man. He is a good that's man. That's how I. That's how I talk. Jake, my Jake, my yeah. yeah.
1: Well, he said yeah, Black Rivals is the only one he can really do. He like he likes that that does that, that because of their roast the way they do it. And yeah, it's, really, it's yeah. Yeah, they do a really good job with it. So um, it, and so you know it's uh you know but the their mission you know they want to employ. You know, as many veterans as possible and exactly, you know yeah. be, being a veteran owned company and and you know what they stand for um, everybody there you know you just you know you think about the freedoms that we have and the 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 cost that it's been and you know really they said about 1% or less of our pe- people who have served in the military in our population and you think about that that small number of people have made it to where we can continue to be free this entire it's time, it's a, it's a crazy thing. And so, um, you know, the, uh, every day should be uh, a day where we honor our veterans. But especially today, especially mm-hmm. Memorial Day, where we not only honor the veterans, but the ones who gave their lives that didn't come home, that, you know, died in places that mm-hmm. were far away from the United States. And in, in that service, and then even giving that sacrifice, they help preserve the way of life that allows us to do what we can do yeah exactly. and so so Memorial Day is always big for me, especially having you know family who's served in the military. It's always a sobering day a little bit um, Don't get me wrong, we enjoy it we do a lot of times we're at the lake a lot of times we're having a burger, but you know you can't always you always have that thought in the back of your head of the real reason yeah. why we do it and so um you know I'm just thankful for that kind of thing um which is kind of why I went the the military route with Star Trek I thought it'd been fun. To do that no, because, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, it, it was fun. But I yeah. think, I think for this holiday edition of Star Trek, uh, of the Academy Podcast Triple D, I think we're good. You know, I we, think we are good. An hour twenty four, and we still got to do our closings, which we know we take forever on those. Exactly. So.
0: I know. <laughs> God. Okay, we fucking just—it's like uh, an AEW match. It just keeps. Yeah. Going.
1: Oh, I did watch that last night. Oh my lord. Oh, oh my I heard, lord. I, I I I heard it was awful. It got, it, it's interesting. It's like you watch the matches, and as they're going, it's like, okay, these they're moving along real good, and then they get a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and a little bit. And it's like by the, t- the end of the night, I was going, oh my god, is this still got over? Is yeah, this, oh no, they got another match still after this one, at least for sure. And I'm like, oh no, like everybody wonder, and you and you wonder why wrestling is not popular, oh, like. I don't know. They didn't. They didn't have a lot of fluff in between, though. That's the whole thing. They got their shit in and got their shit out. As far as like, there was no like long video packages or anything. The only thing that yeah. was a little weird was the uh, Owen Hart um, crowning, where they gave him the titles and the cup, and that was a little weird. Martha was a little weird, and uh, and that whole thing was just a little weird in general. But that was the only real fluff I could remember from the pay per view. Other than that, it was just match. You know, say a little something to kind of help get the transition going, and then to bring up the next match, and then off we go. So, but it, it just so long because matches kept getting longer and longer and longer, and you just got guys. Can we? Fifteen minutes. Can come we, on, 15, 50, minutes.
0: fifteen minutes is plenty. Yeah. No, 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 no. We we got we got to do like in Japan where we get a fucking hour long match. No, it's like no, we don't do that. Guys, guys, hour long matches are for like the main event. Yeah. The rest of the match should be ten, ten to fifteen minutes at the most.
1: Yeah, it was just crazy. The, the, I think my favorite match of the night, only because it was just so hilarious and well done, is the opener. It was Wardlow versus MJF, and Wardlow just power bombs him like ten times. It's and that was it. That was it. Like the match maybe lasted five minutes at, at best, and Perfect. like MJF tried to get out of it, and Wardlow grabs him, power bombs him, then gets him up and power bombs him again. It's like hearing but should I do it again? Okay, power bombs. like then he goes around the ring, does every side of the ring, you know, gets a power bomb. It ended up being like 10 or 12 times. He power bombs MJF and then finally puts his foot on top of him and does his you know pose thing and then MJF yeah. gets all that on the chart and it was I mean, I
0: mean I mean I mean I don't know. I mean that's not good for MJF though, I
1: think. Well I mean it's it is because you know it, this is this is what they do with MJF, you know. They he he's this mega shit heel. Does everything he can to keep people from getting his hands on him, and then you know finding, yeah, you know Warlock. I get, him, I get it. You get the payoff. You get the payoff. You know, Warlock took the licks. He had match. Yeah, yeah,
0: but here's the thing, though. But they made him look like an
1: idiot, though. They made
0: him. They, they 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 really made him look. To me, to me, he's your number one heel in the company. And you had him go
1: out like that. Well, because uh, there's nothing he could have done. He he set his own bed with the, the stipulations and everything. I, and, I, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, I, and so that's – and, I mean, to me, what was he going to do against Wardlow? And so, it to me, it's okay because MJF is able to generate so much heat that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to worry about him. You know, he'll be fine. And warrant, you, The whole purpose to build Wardlow. You're trying to build this guy – He's a homegrown yeah. talent, and MJF is homegrown as well. But he has no problem getting deep. That won't be an issue. It'll yeah. be it'll be more of what are we doing to get Wardlow over? And this helped get Wardlow over because now he's out. He's no longer an MJF employee. He's now all elite. So they had the placard with him. You know, saying uh, Wardlow is all elite up there because technically he was employed by MJF before then. So he wasn't a. Uh, Aew employee, quote unquote. So yeah, okay. so so there so there is that. It was good storytelling and that long term storytelling. All right, you know, getting there and then making him now available on the roster, and then MJF is just gonna focus his energy on somebody else and you know get that heat and do whatever he needs to do. You know it. now CM Punk is champ. So can we see MJF? Was like, yeah, I know. I thought that was stupid too. I'm not looking. Yeah. Yeah, it is just no, no, thank okay. you. Okay,
0: we've shit on AEW, yeah, it's our don't want to on AEW, even though even though even though we want people from AEW to come out of our pack, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah, oh well, fuck it Who
1: yeah, cares? it happened, yeah. it happened. Um, but you know, I, I mean, it's we had like-
0: Lance Archer on. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking over. We. I think
1: that. I think we're good. Lance is friend. Lance is a friend. So it doesn't yeah. matter. you know. Um, uh, let's see. Yes, at least Thunder Rosa still won. She beats Serena Deeb for wow. the title. Yeah. know. So, uh, let's see. According to, okay, I'm gonna look, uh, just for the fun of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the result, the grades that they gave the matches. Um, Wardlow, MJF is a B. Young Bucks versus the Hardy, a C minus. Yeah. J Carvero versus Anna J was a C minus. That should have been like an F. It was awful. Ooh. But you had the uh, Athena, AKA Ember Moon, made her appearance last night. Um, Nobody cares. So yeah. Nobody cares. Well, Sorry. I mean, she's from Texas, so I care a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, Listen. So.
0: Nice enough. Nice yeah. enough, girl. Probably yeah. sweetheart.
1: It's, yeah. You, uh, you're not over. Yeah. House of Back defeated the Death Triangle. That got an A minus. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole for the final. Adam Cole won. That gets a B minus. Britt Baker. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I know, right? I'm right. Out.
0: I'm out. Yeah, have... exactly. No, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I don't.
1: So the women's final is Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Britt Baker won. So then you okay. have Adam Cole and Britt Baker. So they could do their whole like Ooh, we're a couple thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, Eith, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zandt versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Tai Conti. B minus. That should have been the C. C plus. Maybe. It was not very good. Uh Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. I got a B. It was okay. Uh Thunder Rosa, Serena D, we got a B plus. I maybe would have given it an A minus. It was an A, A minus. A-. I thought so. Um Jericho Appreciation Society versus Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. And it's a, this is all over the arena, just craziness. They gave this an A. Plus and dude, not an A. plus. Just because you let everybody run around the ring and bleed everywhere and have Eddie Kingston to come out and uh, try to light Jericho on fire and um, John Mox to go through the <coughs> stupid barbed wire that's on foam board that they put on top of a table. Um, you know, I don't know. They, they gave it an A plus. It was boring. Um, the fucking marks. They're marks. Yeah. What do you expect? Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. That got to be eh, I would say a B minus to a C. And then Hangman Page there's versus Nobody. C, there's,
0: there's, there's 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 nobody there that that's over. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, yeah. Only, the only the only person from the entire pay-per-view that entire preview that's actually over that's the people that are deep and and MJF mm-hmm. and Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Other than that, sorry, everyone else, you're fucking rotten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even CM Punk. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. It was, I was expecting more. Um, I mean, and, and it's just the way things timed out and the way things went. I don't know. It was whatever. Um, Tony Khan.
0: Tony Khan has no idea.
1: No, he doesn't. But. Before we do close, I do we we haven't forgotten. We do have to do our Trek Wreck. Oh our Trek week. Wrecks,
0: yeah. yeah. My God, okay, We're over here talking AEW, we're yeah. more wrestling for but, but we do have to but, do that. But we are on Hime Media. We
1: are on Hime Media. Media
0: was found on wrestling. So we're gonna talk a little wrestling and not wrestling. Wrestling, like
1: Yeah. Yeah, so but it's this week is my week um to talk uh Trek Wrecks. So uh James Money MacGyver, if you'll hit the music right now. They say, hit my music. Um, uh, so <laughs> this, tri- th- this this week, um, my track record is going to be another YouTube channel. Um, it's called Lore Reloaded. It's a yes, you know, yes, yeah,
0: Fucking awesome channel. He is a awesome vi- he, channel.
1: He does some other sci fi stuff, but mostly focuses on um, uh, Star Trek, um, uh, lore and and talks about it. Um has, you know, sometimes his opinions are his own. They're maybe sometimes different from mine on how I would view things, but he is very thoughtful. You know, he looks at it from a storytelling and filmmaker perspective on a lot of things, mm-hmm. and he has very interesting thoughts on how certain things are. Um, Lore Reloaded is a great channel for just getting to other someone else's opinion on how they view Trek, how they view Discovery, how they view other things. So um, if you are on YouTube, and you haven't checked out lore reloaded go do that um uh i've been thinking about maybe trying to reach out to him and see if he'll come on the show yeah Um, that would be great to have him on and just talk about you know his opinions how he came up with his idea for his channel um you know things along those lines and um you know even discuss maybe his thoughts on spock versus spock versus spock so um you know uh, and, and and things along those lines. So uh, that is my trek rec for the week. Is uh, Lore Reloaded? Uh, if you go onto his YouTube channel, check him out. You know, maybe in the comments mention that. Hey, the Academy Podcast said we should come check you out. You'd be great on their show. You should go listen. And yeah. uh, and then uh, maybe we'll get that to happen. So go check it out. Lore Reloaded. Just type in Lore Reloaded on your um, on your search bar on YouTube. And you will find all kinds of episodes. He breaks down storylines and episodes. He does shit breakdowns. Yeah. All kinds of things. Just different. It's good shit. Is it's really, really good shit. Really, really good really, shit. Really thoughtful. Really well done. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, Does very rarely does he have very long, uh, sometimes yeah. get to 20 minutes or some, But it's manageable. It's manageable. It's usually for big things. When he does big things, they go a bit longer, but sometimes he's been really good and breaks up into smaller things. So, um, it's it's definitely a great channel. Um, so that's my track record of the week. So, with that said, um, Triple D, why don't you just kick us on out of here? All right, well,
0: well, listen, man, y'all know where to find us. You know, Hmm. you can find John J Reezy Men Twitter and and all that, yeah, and all the social medias. You can find me, Demetrius Zertos, on all those social medias as well. Dippin' Donuts. You can also find John Freedom House if you want to talk about mental health. We won't talk Star Trek. We won't talk Star Trek. We'll talk about mental health. And just remember, guys, mental health is very important. Mm-hmm. It's probably the number one issue going on in America that people are afraid to talk about because it's the truth. It's the reason why things are not. It's the reason why things are not good because everyone's mental because everyone's ignoring that Mm -hmm. and they're ignoring the people that have the issue. So if you have those issues, contact John, John will help you and he'll help you find a local um, institution in your area that can give you help. So guys don't sleep on your mental health. Take care of it. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? It, It is, it makes up your entire being. So make sure that you have good mental health. With that said, with the plugs and everything out of the way. We'll see y'all next week on the Academy Star Trek podcast. We're going to be talking more Star Trek. I'm going to try to swear less this because, because this episode, I did not swear a lot. So I'm trying to swear less and hopefully you never know. We might have a guest on, so we'll keep you posted on that because you know, John, John's always sliding those DMs trying to get people to come on, So, we'll 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 see you next week back in the academy back for more lessons back for more education on star trek live long and prosper and we'll catch you guys next week